<laughs> so hot and it is so like musky and you know you've got it's humidity is like 90 95 100 percent some days and hmm. uh you know growing up whenever uh growing up in louisiana or at least in my 20s i used to carry around with me a change of clothes in my car because it was expected that you're gonna start the day wearing yeah. one thing sweat through it and have to put on something else before you see anyone that night so um hmm. you know what it's not the best if you're considering moving to louisiana off chance you're considering moving to louisiana um don't just don't even consider it just go somewhere else and <laughs> that will yeah. you'll thank yourself for that you don't even know that yet but you will yeah we weren't uh we weren't gonna dive into this but uh yeah can't do humidity i'm gonna be honest yeah i would and you know i would go for a weekend I am in currently in Omaha, Nebraska, so we get humidity as well, but my wife and I are moving to the West Coast where there is zero humidity, so. That's incredible. Bro, I was just in Montana last week. Are the, are the skies yeah. big in Nebraska? Yeah, it's kind of a thing. I mean, I've lived in Nebraska for five years. I came from Iowa, so zero difference whatsoever. Um, and it's the same thing. It's literally corn and then one big city. And I live in the one big city, Omaha. I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, wait a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is completely off subject. But are there a chain of coffee shops out of Nebraska, out of Omaha? Is it Scooters? Mm -hmm. like a drive scooters. Place? I got it this morning. Scooters? I stopped in. Uh, so here's the deal. I am a coffee snob, so it's like a local version of Starbucks. So it's not that great, but what I do love is their flavor of the day. So what it is, is it's like literally the most random coffee ever and it tastes good. Just black coffee. They do like snickerdoodle, cinnamon. Um, it's all over the place, but I get it. It's like a $3 cup of crappy coffee that I enjoy. If you're not getting some snickerdoodle coffee to start off your day, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, we we have a coffee machine in our apartment complex where I press a button and it gives me the worst coffee I've ever had in my life. So it's an upgrade. But, you know, on the Sabbath, you got to rock with some real good coffee, though. A hundred percent. Well, let me say this. So hmm. whenever I was 28, I went to live overseas for a year. I lived in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, wow. And although I would know how to navigate it better now, like back in that day, my version of coffee was, okay, I'm going to make some folders and then mm -hmm. I'll put like a ton of coffee mate in it and it'll just be sweet to cover up this disgusting flavor. Um, well, I got to Sweden and a few things were different. Number one, they did not have coffee mate, but number two, they also didn't have folders. So what I yeah. learned was there's such a thing as great coffee and you don't have to like, you know, get this black coffee and just load it down with sugar and cream and stuff like that. So now I, uh, I am a coffee. I'm in a high, high level coffee snob. I'm eating mm -hmm. pour over V60 Chemex. I just got a handmade coffee, coffee machine from Amsterdam. It's called a wow. Maca Master. Um, and so I, it's, that's me, but, um, if, you know, if Europe taught me nothing else, 
it taught me how to make mm. a great cup of coffee. And you know what? Yeah. That's, a, that's a mark of loving, loving yourself. No, that's, that's big time. That's ministry one-on-one, you know, just kidding. Listen, um, yeah, I have a pour over. I have a Chemex. Josh, you need to watch out. Mm. Joshua 1998. It's a thing. So Daniel, tell me a little bit about you. I want to hear the four minute version, your story. Obviously we kind of know where you're from, but walk me through who you are, what you do now, maybe what you did when you were in your teens and all that. Well, I can tell you what, I, there have been many versions of Daniel as, uh, <laughs> as I'm sure you know you find with uh, most people that you interview. But let me say this, starting off from like a super young age, I always wanted to be a pastor. I mean, I was like four mm. years old. My mom's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like not an astronaut, not a police officer, not a fireman, nothing like that. Uh, maybe I had a little paleontologist stage where it's like, man, I'm really <laughs> yeah. dinosaurs, but I grew out of that one. And I wanted to be a pastor. And it was funny because we didn't really uh, attend church regularly. And my, mm. uh, you know, my dad never went to church. Uh, but we probably went like once every three or four weeks, and I just loved it. So growing up, that's all I wanted to be. Um, you know, you ask about Teen Daniel. Teen Daniel was in a screamo band. This was this Sick. was the days of Under Oath, Hawthorne Heights. Uh, you know, uh, the used My Chemical Romance. That's what I did mm -hmm. there for a while. I was like, I could give my life to music. Uh, but whenever I got about 20 years old, I got an opportunity to jump into the, the church world, and, and I fell in love with it. And so all through my 20s, basically 20 to 28, I was in full-time vocational ministry. I was a youth pastor for mm. several years. I was a young adult pastor for several years, and I was obsessed with it. Like, I mean, I'm still obsessed with it. Uh, doing ministry has been the highlight of my life. You know, at the end of that mm. 28, 28 years or uh, at the end of my 28th year um, of life, not of ministry, <laughs> not that old, <laughs> you know, I yeah. went to Sweden for a year. And I feel like I feel mm -hmm. like God graced me with this huge, like a Sabbath year of I'd kind of spent all of my 20s in full time vocational ministry, didn't really get to travel that much didn't, you know, vacation a ton, didn't, you know, do any of those things. And so I took a year off and I went to Stockholm, Sweden. Mm -hmm. I enrolled in really a lightweight, like a uh, Bible Academy. It wasn't, it wasn't heavy. Um, but I just got quiet and I spent that year just being really quiet with God, learning more about who he is, learning more about who I am sharpening some skills that I had never really had a chance to develop because I was just, you know, pedal to the metal with ministry. And I emerged from mm -hmm. it like a different person. And I, you know, I came back from Europe and I just was open-handed in every way possible. I was like, God, what do you want? Like, I'll do anything. Like, I'll go back and I'll work for the church. Uh, I'll be a janitor if you want me to be. And, you know, it was at that time I hadn't, I had an opportunity to travel with this pastor from uh, Sydney, Australia. And as I started traveling with him, I was like, God, this is incredible. Like I'm living my dream right now. You know, I just got off of a year mm -hmm. from Europe. Now I'm traveling everywhere, doing ministry with this pastor from Australia. 
and I said, God, what um, I've got to make money. <laughs> uh, this you know this right. is not this lifestyle does not pay for itself. And I just say, God, if I was gonna if I was gonna make money helping people, because that's how you make mm. money, you help them solve a problem. Right. I said, mm-hmm. you know, what could I do? And I just thought, man, I felt like I was a pretty good youth pastor. So what if I helped youth pastors? And so for the next mm. year, I just kind of said, what does this look like? And it took on a few different renditions. But fast forward to now, uh, I run a company along with a small team called Youth Pastor Co. The URL is youthpastor.co.com was taken. Oh, super audacious, yep. though. Uh, <laughs> but we also, we also have an annual online conference youth pastor conference mm-hmm. which is actually youthpastorconference.com we have a few subsidiary sites but you know really our passion is uh resourcing the local church as mm-hmm. well as making memes and as well as now making party games so that's probably yep. what we're a little more known for in our company is is producing cards christians like um mm-hmm. so that i mean that's literally that's life for me yeah well, it's so, so incredible. And what I love is um, doing this podcast. I've never once heard a story that's the exact same. It's so random. And I love how unique God makes every single story. And and it all comes back to this main theme of being faithful, seeking God, but also resourcing his church in different ways. You know, what's incredible is I remember whenever I was in my early 20s, I used to try to create a picture in my mind of like, if I was living like the dream life, what would that be? I would, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would be married to this girl. I would live in that neighborhood. I would be working for this church. Our youth group would be that big. And now looking back, I'm like, well, God, you crushed that. <laughs> like, <you laughs> yeah, absolutely- right took my biggest dream and destroyed it. You went so far beyond mm-hmm. it. And, and I think it is, you know, like you said, it's a testament of just being obedient because there were definitely mm-hmm. some like trials along the way where maybe I could have opted for something else, but instead I went the long way or I went the harder way all in the name of, I feel like the spirit of God's leading me in this direction. Yeah. And what I found is there's a lot and why I said that there, there's no story that sounds the same is because, Daniel, just like what you said, I think a lot of young 20-year-olds, and I'm a young 20-year-old, looks at uh, a Daniel or looks at whoever we look up to and go, well, I'm just going to be like that. But we don't understand that there was 20 years of different stories, which creates a different product. And I love that. And I love that you getting out of youth ministry, you're still in it resourcing youth pastors. And to be honest, I think a good portion of my demographic is youth pastors or people in youth ministry. So speak to me about youth ministry. Like you said, you're so passionate about it. You run a conference, you run an organization. Um, what What is youth ministry in 2022? And um, yeah, speak to it. Well, let me say this. I uh, First off, I, w- I want to backtrack and say one thing. Like God doesn't make two molds identical. Like yeah. we can we can have a shared purpose, but we're never gonna walk the same path. 
And so that that is my encouragement to the younger youth pastor is embrace mm-hmm. the purpose, embrace the plans that God has for you, but know that your path is going to look completely different and that there will be long stretches and seasons of time where you are wrestling with this does not look like I thought it would look. This does not feel like I thought it would feel. But let me say this. I feel like it was a majority of my 20s. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. I was doing things, and looking back, you can see a highlight reel of fun, fulfilling, very fruitful ministry. But it it was painful. It was difficult. And so, I, you know, I just want to encourage anyone out there, just keep saying yes to God. Keep saying yes to God, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll never regret it. But, you know, on to, on to youth ministry. Youth ministry is insane right now. Like, it looks yeah. – I can't say it looks completely different than it did whenever I was a youth pastor because, you know, there's certain anchors that are, that are likely not to change in youth ministry, and that is the goal of the youth pastor is to point students to Jesus, facilitate an atmosphere – of God's presence, disciple and help lead students on the sanctification process and help them live their life as an example to where their peers would come and and want to plug into that same process that they're going through. And hopefully whenever they graduate, they they go to college and they and they live a life that they're like, you know what, I'm I'm really proud of this. Um and mm-hmm. so you know, one of the things that one of the things that we really focus on outside of curriculum, and obviously curriculum is a is a centerpiece of our company, but one of the things we really focus on is pastoring the pastor. You know, we want to mm-hmm. come alongside youth pastors and say, "Hey, look, you don't have to you don't have to try so hard," which sounds like the complete opposite of it. Because it's like, oh, no, we have to have, you know, our, our Instagram and TikTok has to be going off. We have to have this banger service every Wednesday night. Like our band's got to play the new, like what did Elevation Rhythm just drop? We've, we've got to do that. Mm-hmm. We've got this game that's insane. And this is what I would say, like, let's, let's pull it back a little bit. And let's make the main thing the main thing. And what is that? You mm-hmm. as a youth pastor having a vibrant relationship with God. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like to say, and of course it's not original to me, but in, in the spiritual world, things are more caught than they, than they are taught. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, can, I can give you an example, like a true youth pastor that I am. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to spend the day with uh, Bubba Kathy. That's Truett Kathy's son. I want to say he's the senior vice president of Chick-fil-A. And there was like four of us. It was like uh, Bubba and one of his longtime friends who he like co-teaches Sunday school with. And then me and one of my friends. And somehow or another, you know, we got into this uh, where we got to spend some time together. And it was about, you know, four or five hours and we were at the headquarters, we had lunch, we walked around, we met people, we went to the archives. This is what's insane. By the end of that day, I was marked. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was challenged and had entered into the first step of transformation towards what a better future could be for me. 
And it's not because Bubba came alongside and said, Daniel, you're a little rough with people. Why don't you be nicer? You know what I mean? It's yeah, not because right. he came up beside me and he said, man, like, let's crack open the Bible and, and see what Jesus has to say about generosity or excellence or, you know, anything like that. He lived in such a way mm-hmm. that I was I was captivated and I was I would say transformed. This is not a salvation experience. You know, I'm not saying right. like, oh, you know, he saved. I'm saying I was so <laughs> challenged. I mm-hmm. could not unlearn. I could not unsee and unexperience what I had experienced that day. And because of that, it set me on a new trajectory. As mm-hmm. youth pastors, we are called to live our lives in such a way where students who are just struggling or they're depressed or they're living lives of compromise or they're not interested in Jesus, where they see you living in such a way to where they say, I want that. And it's your Mm -hmm. opportunity to say, oh, it's not the goodness in me. It's only the goodness of God. And share the testimony of, oh, I, I I know you see this life I live now wasn't always that way. My God, I was so broken. My God, I was so, <laughs> yeah. you know, just shattered if it wasn't for God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm one of these guys who I'm like, man, let's, let's have a vibrant relationship with Christ before we try to preach messages, uh, before we yes. you know, try to tell the, you know, the clip, the funny stories. And, and I'm all for that. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. like a prude at all. I'm like, brother, let's get out there and have fun. But more yeah. important than that, man, do we have this rich relationship with Christ? Is the presence of God just so powerful in our ministries? Um, are, are, are my leaders and volunteers living that kind of lifestyle? Am I willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice to reach the one? You know what I mean? Yeah. Am, am I an yeah. example in worship or not, am I just like, making sure Hmm. my fit looks right you know what i mean now you're speaking my language yes a hundred percent it's a challenge yeah you know what frustrates me this is just a hot take not really a hot take i think we'd all be in agreement enneagram eight over here with no caffeine so we out here uh you can put it any context youth ministry any ministry uh, like that's involved with the local church the pastor not being a part of worship in the worship team not being a part of the message holy smokes you want to talk about frustrating it's like and then they wonder why there's no worship culture it's like i wonder why um yeah frustrating but 100 percent. here's here's the thing and and you'll know this you'll understand this the culture of your ministry is the culture of you yes you set the culture. You define the culture. And if you're like, oh, like our youth ministry is boring, wake up, brother. <laughs> right. Up. Uh, yes. Maybe, maybe you should Maybe you should get more interesting. You know what I mean? Maybe you should lighten mm-hmm. up and have some fun. Um, yeah. Your students, your students are looking to you to set the temperature. Mm-hmm. And whatever you set it at is where it's going to go. And of course, I mean, there are exceptions like, listen, if you just got right. there, but your first week on the job, 
if the church culture is one way and you know there's there's exceptions right. but largely we have to take responsibility for the atmosphere mm-hmm. if your students don't worship it's probably because they're not seeing you worship you know what i mean yeah i correct i i, I took i became the middle school pastor at, i'm i'm charismatic by uh by nature and i mm-hmm. was i was the youth pastor at a church that was not as charismatic not even non-denominational they were a denomination that wasn't as charismatic hmm. and at yeah. the end of the year with my middle schoolers they were like shouting me down they're like amen amen because mm-hmm. i mean part of part of how i was raised i was just like you know in god's sake can i get an amen and they're like amen you know what i mean and then of course right. they loved it you know it kept them more engaged middle mm-hmm. schoolers don't come like that by default you know what i mean right they are taught that but at the end of that mm-hmm. year i had these denominational middle schoolers who were raising their hands in worship and who were engaged and who were you know in into the messages and i'm still proud of them like they they yeah. live that's big time lives you know i can say that because now most of them are like married with kids um, <laughs> right but yeah i mean they're seriously they're in their upper 20s now my first group of junior high students wow. that i had um but it, I, I think a lot of it is because of the things that we instill through the culture, and they're not going to pass mm-hmm. you up in culture. You have to set that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I always, I had a, I was in a conversation with a panel with some like youth pastor, and I'm not a youth pastor. Um, I was in youth ministry for like four years, I think. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it all goes back to the Sunday as well, the Sunday experience. Like, do the people go on a Sunday or get locked into a local church outside of your ministry. Um, because our ministry, um, like that's, that's where you see high churn after high school, in my opinion, like there's a high churn rate because they weren't attached to the church. They were attached to, um, a different, even name, a different ministry name of the actual church, you know? Um, so I want to ask you this, and this is kind of like a, um, a deeper question, I guess, talk, speak to the youth pastor who, um, speak to motives about youth pastors. I'll say that that's, that's how I'll frame this question. Speak to the youth pastor and their motives and how important it is to have pure motives about preaching God's word every week and pastoring students. Yeah, it's dangerous. This is what I, this is what I would say. I come from two polar opposite camps. So what I'm going to say is a Mm -hmm. paradox. In one hand, I'm like 20-year-old, 18-year-old, get out there and preach. Brother, use Mm -hmm. your gifts. Like develop, learn, grow. The truth is you can't expect maturity out of someone who's immature. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the danger is when we don't grow out of that. You know what I mean? Right. I think there's probably some who get into youth ministry and they've got a bad motive and they grow Mm -hmm. up and they mature. Why? Because they live life and things get hard and they become dependent and they look back and they realize, man, I don't think I was doing it for the right reasons after all. You know what I mean? Right. We've all been there. The other thing, right, exactly. The other thing is for you know, the youth pastor who 
maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Maybe this isn't as much of a paradox as I thought it was. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to shift gears and say something that I think is more valuable that my pastor taught me. For the young youth pastor out there who would say, no, like this is all for God. That that's the That's the most, I would say, best veneer that we could ever have. Because mm-hmm. it is for God. No matter what you do, yeah, is it for God? Yes, it's for God. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But, but of course, you said, what's your motive? And motive goes deeper than the veneer. Uh, and for those who would say, yeah, it's for God, like this is, this is not even for me. I'm not getting anything out of this. I would say this. My, my pastor told me something. It might have been one of the most valuable things that I've ever been taught. Hmm. And he said this. He said, Daniel, the hardest thing for a person to do is to be honest with themselves. Wow. Yeah. If you think about if you think about it. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. No, the numbers don't. No, no, no. Well, hold up. <laughs> do they not? You know what I mean? And I think that as we learn to be honest with ourselves, we can start to overcome some of the things that are inside of us. So if you're new in ministry and maybe you can be honest enough to say you know what, this is for God, but also I love being on the stage. Like, hey, this is for God, but hey, it does kind of feel cool whenever someone, you know, sends out, you know, tweets something that I said, which no one does that right now. Uh, Or (laughs) you know what, I'm sorry, I'm I'm stuck on Elon Musk buying Twitter, so I'm still... No, I'm about it. Yeah, come on. Uh, but you know what? Someone put me on their story. Someone, you know what? My quotes up there. My preaching clip is up there. I like that. They'll be honest mm-hmm. enough to say this is for God, but also I hope this podcast gets a lot of downloads. Mm-hmm. I think just being honest with yourself in the process is a huge step of saying, God, I recognize that you're using this, and I'm just asking, would you help refine my heart? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. The reality is I don't think anyone under 40, and I'm not 40, I'm 34. Don't get any ideas. (laughs) I don't think anyone, maybe even under 50, maybe even under 60, I don't know. I don't think anyone under that age can be like, no, 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 I've got completely pure motives, completely pure heart. I I don't think it's until you've lost it all. Hmm. until you're limping like Jacob, until you are so stripped down to nothing and rebuilt only by God that you can say, you know what? I actually even forgot that I'm in this equation at all. I'm Hmm. so passionate about the lost needing Christ. I'm so, you know, passionate about people who are walking in in death coming to life, I don't think it's until you are completely taken out of the equation that we can say our motives are pure. You know, I would love to think, you know, I've had some (laughs) ministry opportunities. Um, I don't have have to be the guy anymore. You know what I mean? Like whenever I was in Mm -hmm. ministry, it was like I had to be the guy. Like, you know, I want to speak. I want to do. I don't have to be the guy anymore. Um, Yeah. You know, 
I would love to think that every time I preach, my intentions were pure. Mm -hmm. That would be my desire. You know what I mean? I would desire to be completely pure. I don't think I am. I think there's still like this little part of me that has not died Mm -hmm. that loves it whenever someone says my name. You know what I mean? And I think we're all on this journey of less of me, more of you, less of me, more of you. And it only happens with time. God sanctifies Mm -hmm. us. He refines us. And it just does not happen overnight. So that's where I say if we're walking away with something, and Mm -hmm. maybe I just disarm some of those who are like, no, I'm pure-hearted. And then they think about it. Yeah, actually, maybe there's a little bit. Yeah, okay. You know, maybe my motives aren't completely pure, and yeah, I did wear my better shoes on that day and stuff like that. Mm. I think the thing to walk away with is, hey, can I be honest with myself? And can Mm -hmm. I be honest with God? And can I bring that before God and say, God, would you help me with this? Because really, I want to be all about you and your glory, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was such, such good uh, context. And I think, I don't mean, I don't even have to respond to that. It was so good. Yeah, I think being honest with yourself and something that I've found, um, like you said, a lot, reflection can help a lot. Like when I sit with a journal and reflect on my beginning years of ministry, or even see the results of my immaturity and other people, I'm like, holy smokes. But also, I love that you said like, no, you know what? I kind of like it. Like that's, that's the thing that I, I don't think we give people permission to do that though. I think we, we as pastors or leaders cancel the person who would just be open and honest. Like, Hey man, I actually really like that sermon that I preached. It was kind of fire. <laughs> He's like, okay, cool. Would like I would rather, I would cast, please. Like <laughs> I want to get, a, you know, a million streams on this. Message yeah. Preached. A hundred percent. I mean, I would be, if somebody messaged me that I would be for so gospel, pumped that they, baby, for the gospel. Listen, <laughs> yeah, to I'm trying to reach more people for Jesus. Could you please share my podcast? It's like, come on guy. Uh-huh. But <laughs> no, no, I love true. that. You know, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think a mark of growth is, Hey, let's just be honest. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be mm-hmm. human. Okay. I can connect to the guy who's a failure, but the moment yeah. someone's preaching to me and they're just like, an image of perfection well, you've already lost me because i'm not yeah that's not me you know what i mean 100 percent. yeah that was freaks me out i was in a, a preaching course with somebody and they were talking about how um, when people preach and they speak to things that they've only experienced like yeah i was actually in the seahawks locker room last week and everybody's like i've never been in a seahawks locker room before man i'm out Can't it's like <laughs> so, sorry no. i told the story about me and bubba kathy no, it's fine, dude. I went to Chick Fil A like twice this past month, so we're totally in the same you know, boat. I ordered a number one earlier today. I just completely feel you, basically. No, hundred percent. Tell me a little bit, of, like as we wrap up in the, like in, like the next four or five minutes. Tell me a little bit about Youth Pastor Co. Youth Pastor Conference, like the business side of things, because um, I I'm more I would say in the business world right now than I am just in like full time ministry. Um, as my wife and I are moving and I love it. I love the business world. I'm an advisor for, um, about 150 businesses in Omaha. So I love the business world, but I love, I just love organizations that are resourcing the local church. Um, cause I think that's how God designed it. So talk to me a little bit about youth pastor co youth pastor conference, all the things you guys are doing. 
let me say this. I love business just as much as I love ministry. I'm mm-hmm. still in ministry adjacent. Right. Business yep. is fun. You want to mm-hmm. know you want to know what feels great? Giving money to the church. Yeah. You want to know what feels great when someone's planting a church and you're like, "Hey, I can support you for the first year." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or someone's a, you know, a, a young 20 missionary in Africa. Yeah, no, I can give you money each month and you know because i was i was i've lived that life yeah i love being in business not of course not just because of the hey we get to bless people out of this or mm-hmm. not just because of the hey you know we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay rent this month or anything like that I right love business because it's a challenge and it, mm-hmm. i mean it is it's numbers it's it's psychology it's yep it's it's struggle it's art it is it is incredible let me say Mm -hmm. this i have learned more about life through business than almost anything else that i've done and so i want to encourage you know any youth pastors or anyone else who's listening uh get a side hustle Mm -hmm. and just 100 percent curious I have, uh, you, you never arrive. And in fact, I would say this, let me just talk a little more to business than about my businesses real quick. Yep. Uh, you, you never arrived. My business journey started two years before I made a dollar. Like it was, mm-hmm. I was broke, broke by the time our platform launched. Like I was oh, in, yeah. in debt broke and I had never really been in debt before. That's why I say I was broke, broke. Um, mm-hmm. but you have to learn so much. There's so many programs. There's so many ways to connect with customers. There's so many ways to deliver product. But here's the thing. You as an individual, you're an expert in something. What qualifies mm-hmm. as an expert? You know more than the next guy. You know what I yeah. mean? You, I just know more than you. If I was to coach you in business, it's not because I know everything. It's because I know more than you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If if that was the case. And so you don't have to wait to be an expert to start your company. Do you know shoes? Start a shoe business. Do you know uh, baseball cards? Start a card business. Are you into Pokemon? I've got a friend who started a Pokemon business. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do. i got a friend who has a Lego business. Um, Let's go. Another Lego. who started authenticating sports memorabilia, and now he makes more authenticating sports memorabilia than he does at his full-time job. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he gets to write off all of his uh, pro, uh, pro professional games that he goes to as business write-offs. So yes, he anyway, does. Let me say this. Do business. Youth Pastor Co., uh, absolutely love it. We're turning four years in two months. Uh, it's a subscription sermon series library. We have almost a mm-hmm. hundred sermon series that we've built over the past few years. We like to wow. say this each month, Youth Pastor Co. brings together the most creative minds in youth ministry to build sermon series packages that are powerful, relevant, easy to use. I love our products. I created the product that I wish I would have had when I was a youth mm-hmm. pastor because the first time someone put curriculum in my hands, I wanted to throw up. It was so stale. And <laughs> yep, I, 100%. You, 
Youth Pastor Conference, a free two-day conference. We have 20 speakers, each speaking for 20 minutes, absolutely mm. free. Last year, we had Rich, uh, not Rich Wilkerson Jr., we had Judah Smith, we had Levi Lusco, we had Nona Jones from Meta, Facebook, we had Francis Chan, we've had so many people. Next year, it's going to be even better. S- sign up for Youth Pastor Conference. It's not live right now, but once again, it's youthpastorconference.com. And Cards Christians Life. That is my, it's my favorite. It's my new favorite. Cards Christians yeah. Life. We've had s- so much fun. We've only been shipping them for two and a half, or for one and a half years. Wow. And we've already shipped out over 35,000 books. Yeah. I mean, we had to learn how to run a company. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, is that uh, what was the main source for the scale of that? Was that like your social media? Was that just Let me say this. It was the divine favor of God. Yeah. We didn't have we didn't have any platform we were pushing it from. It I would say this. It was the cry of the people. Mm-hmm. We created a product that so many Christians have always wanted and never had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, what's your favorite Christian party game? Yeah, there are none. We're the only Yeah, right. You know what I For mean? For sure. I don't know. Like, musical chairs, is that a party game? Is that right. like that? Fist so fighting? This. Just yeah. kidding. But I, w- I would also say this. I had a leather chair. I was sitting in my leather chair one day. The idea hit me. I totally, in the moment, I said, I think that that was God. And, of course, mm-hmm. I had never done anything with physical product. I said this. I said, uh, if I do it and the game fails, I'll know it was me. If I don't do it, I'll never know. But if yeah. I do it and this is successful, then I will know that I just heard the voice of God. And so mm-hmm. that's what motivated me to pursue the dream of creating the game. We launched it on Kickstarter seven months later. We raised you know, $15,000 the first day. At the end of our Kickstarter, we'd raised right shy of $200,000. Wow. The company transformed overnight. So if you have an idea, go for it. Do it. You never know. It's, you know. it's changed my life, and it's taught me so much in the process. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's incredible. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I bet you and I could talk for the next three hours about strategy and business growth and company culture and scalability and marketing. And, um, it's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother yes. podcast channel. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. I, uh, I love that stuff, man. I, uh, the more I get, I'll say this and we'll wrap with this. The more I get months away from being in full-time ministry, like just for a season, the more I realize how much more effective I am in ministry, literally connecting with business owners, doing, and again, I think it honestly just comes back to where there's wind behind your back in that season of like, God's put wind behind your back in this. And then maybe next year it's not. And it's like, cool, take a step back, move over here and being aware of that. But I could only imagine you have millions of stories of people being impacted through Youth Pastor Co., through your conference, through um, a game, right? It seems so just like it's a game, but it's so much more than that because you created a solution to a problem in 
what, 4 billion people in the world. So <laughs> you, you did it. So thank, thank you, God. Yeah. I, I, it, it was a privilege to mm -hmm. steward that idea. Yeah. And I felt like it was low hanging fruit. Anyone could have done it. I feel like God protected the idea for the right group of people who would do it the right way. Mm -hmm. He spared no expense in the writing, production, and distribution process, and it just continues to grow to this day. So, yeah, well, it's incredible. Well, tell us a little how we can get in contact with you. Maybe how we can buy your board game. How we can sign up for your conference. Yeah, I would say this: if you're a youth pastor, check us out at youthpastor.co. Uh, mm -hmm. Later on, youthpastorconference.com. If you are a Christian and you enjoy having fun, cardschristianslike.com. Check it out. Check out the game. Um, I can almost promise you, money back guarantee, that you will love the game. Uh, if you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at mm -hmm. Daniel Madry. Uh, just to be honest, I'm active, but I'm not that active. Um, I love it. Uh, but I'm not in love with it. So uh, mm. that is that is the Instagram account of a real life Christian man slash entrepreneur, and that's all you're gonna get. Yeah. Uh, and of course, my beautiful wife Ellis. You'll probably get a lot of her, and also none of her because she's taken actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you want to email me, hit me up, Daniel at youpastor .co. We'll chop it up there. But uh, yeah, that's it. If you can't get in touch with me through that means, I'm shocked. Yeah, then you aren't effective at – you need to figure out a different podcast and learn how to yeah, connect and network. <laughs> yeah, texting and DMing is not good. Well, dude, seriously, thank you so much for being on. I, I learned so much. I wish I could have taken notes while I was listening, but that would not be uh, effective in this podcast. So I'll have to re-listen to it. And I'm sure that everybody listening to this has their notebook out and they took notes because you you spit some fire bars today, bro. Because note takers are our history majors. A hundred percent. I did still a youth pastor. You are. That's why you're relevant because nothing's worse than some guy who isn't relevant and is a little wonky, you know, but you aren't one of those. You are incredible. 